Welcome to the Yins and Y'all podcast, the podcast where we discuss sports, entertainment, life, and good old-fashioned manly stuff. I'm your host, Alex, and with me are my brothers, Sean and Lance, and our cousin, Matt, is back from sunny San Diego joining us this week. And it may be a shock to you, but we will not be discussing the Steelers on this edition of the Yins and Y'all podcast. That is because we have a special upcoming interview this week with SteelersDepot.com and co-host of the Terrible Podcast, Alex Kazora. Alex has been on the show before, and he's going to join us again later in the week to discuss Steelers, Ravens, and what's going on for, with the Steelers and their, their outlook for the rest of the season. So be looking for that. We'll release that episode later on in the week. On Halloween, though, Sir Sean Connery passed away, and we wanted to honor him on the Ends and Y'all podcast this week. So we're going to be giving you our top five Sean Connery movies this week in the Jumbotron. So, guys, welcome to the show tonight, and then we'll get started talking about our top five. So, good to have you guys with us tonight. Happy to be Glad back. To be here. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, you know, after coming on as a regular member and then just getting, you know, the slash because I had to go on vacation. It was it was tough to miss last week, but you guys did a good job. And uh, you know what? The only thing about last week was you guys talked about Star Wars. And I'm like an encyclopedia for Star yeah. Wars. And I, <laughs> you messed I know, up a couple I of things. Did, I yeah. did. I did. <laughs> go ahead. You can correct me because I was going to go do it. Yeah. Ner- yeah nerds. <laughs> You're the big time space guy. Yeah. So big the, time space yeah. guy. <laughs> so the one thing that I do know that we I, I noticed immediately was the time frame, like the timeline yeah. that the Mandalorian comes in. So yes. it's actually after episode six. So that's, that's after correct. Return of the Jedi. It's after the Death Star goes down. The second one, that is. That is um, correct. And obviously you caught that when you watched the new episode of The Mandalorian because they're on Tatooine and they're talking right. about the Death Star. Yeah, so yeah. that was the one. I haven't understood a word you've said so far. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, well, I, have, to, I have to ask here because a buddy of mine is a big Star Wars fan and having Alex talk to me about The Mandalorian got me into the mindset, okay, let me give this an honest-to-goodness second shot. And I asked my buddy, okay, what order should I watch these in? Because I know how they were released, four, five, six, and one, two, three. I get all that. But yeah. what order would I watch this that it makes sense for the story? And he yeah. tells me to skip one and two. So you're going to sit here and tell me that this is the greatest film franchise of all well, time. But two movies suck so bad that you shouldn't even watch them. Okay, so, so come on. That, that has to be opinion. talked about. Yeah, so that's common opinion. We'll use up some time here because I know, you know, we, we're not talking about the Steelers. We, we can talk about Star Wars for a second. But so not a lot of people like one and two. I personally really like the second one, like the Clone War. I wish they would have gone in the Clone Wars a little more. They did that with the animated series. Yeah, but, which is good. The animated yeah, it is, also is good. really good. Yeah, I, um, I do. I like I like all the movies, to be honest with you. And to me, yeah, I mean, there's there can it can drag in some parts just like any movie can. Um, But it just, if you want to understand a storyline, then you should start with movie number one and watch them through. I mean, that's the reality of it is if you want the story, you need to start with movie one and watch it. Now, if you want some, you know, talk about trade and, and alliances and stuff like that, that's probably why people are telling you to skip one and two. But I, 
I like those. I, I like all of the movies. My kids oh, like wow. them. My wife likes them. We we sit there and we we've watched them all. So it's just you know what strikes your fancy, really. And Sean, that's surprising because well, I mean, like you like movies in general, but like just as a movie, like a standalone movie, Empire Strikes Back is like one of the best the ever. Yeah, it's like in the top 20 on IMDb or something. <sighs> That's what I think about Star Wars. We're well, not nerds. a bad space. And I've guy. seen all the new ones, and I have to say, I do really enjoy the new the new ones. Special yeah. effects carry those movies a lot, but it, it's always wild that, you know, the, the Star Wars never, other than Harrison Ford, there hasn't been like a big time actor. And a lot of these, even the new ones, there wasn't some like big star that that was in these. It was but new up and coming actors. Yeah, and it's pretty oh, cool that way. Yeah, I, I don't say... want to watch Matthew McConaughey in Star Wars. I mean, no, give me absolutely on there. not. Well, and I will say, if you want, Lincoln. Sean, if you want to watch just a standalone <clears throat> Star Wars movie, Rogue One is really a great movie. Yeah, I've um, seen it. You know, take I, it out I of saw the Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, if you take it out of the Star Wars universe and just watch it as a movie, it's a really good movie. Well, um, that was just a let's make money movie because everyone knew what was happening. You know what I mean? It was like watching, going to see the Titanic. You knew the boat was going to sink. Yeah, but yeah. it's cool. Like, I didn't know about any of those characters. I mean, like, right. some people did because they're, you know, there's like an expanded universe and then a normal universe, like, that people talk about. And that was some of the elements from that expanded universe. But, you know... To t- to bring that into the Lucas story was like, I I that's I like that movie a lot just because of that. Yeah, it was very entertaining. I I enjoy that part as well, and that's why I'm enjoying the content that Disney Plus is putting out with the Mandalorian. Obviously, I'm excited about the the future Obi Wan show whenever it comes out. Yeah. Um, my my boss is a is a big time Star Wars guy as well. And he informed me that Rosario Dawson is supposed to be guest starring on The Mandalorian this season, and she is actually going to be getting a Star Wars spinoff series. Um, so yeah, I don't. A, she's going to be a well. She's going to be a Jedi. Yeah, she's supposed. Yeah, that's not a. Spoiler she's, supposed or the, uh, yeah. she's supposed to play the. Supposed to play the Jedi, the Padawan from uh, the the Clone Wars animated yep. series. Yep. So um, so it'd be interesting. And if you like Rosario Dawson, well, there you go. There's a good reason to to start watching but if did you did either of you guys watch the mandalorian i know matt did but sean or lance did you guys watch it well like i I watched the very first episode and like i said the cinematography was amazing my concerns were basically i'm watching a show where the main character is in a helmet so i get no facial acting uh cues or anything like that and it just a lot left some doubt in my mind i got away from the show just like you tend to do sometimes with shows and never got back to it. But yeah. the reason I've been wanting to watch the star Wars movies is because I'm like you, Alex, if I watch something or if I'm into something, I want to immerse myself in everything that that's available. Yeah. And for me, I, I hate to, I would hate to watch the Mandalorian knowing it's this new series that everyone is absolutely infatuated with without having seen all the movies recently i've seen all the star wars movies bits and pieces caught here and there but it's been a long time and i would really i want to see the movies to just get up to date with with my knowledge of star wars prior to watching the mandalorian yeah, yeah i mean I, I you're just gonna have to power through just have to yeah. power through you get know through. not all not all the movies are created equally 
Yeah, um, for sure. And and so you just kind of have to well, grab more, on to what's worth it. In, in some when we're done tonight, I, I'm going to start with number one because there you go. I got a, there you I got go. a baby and I will be up. So, <laughs> well, I will and say about did the you, – you want to like... talk about like the helmet. Sorry, Alex. But like no, go the helmet I got a, a I got a qu- I Hold got on. A let, me, let me go through this real quick because this was a major concern that you brought up last time. But, Sean, I think you'll like it because you – the amount of personality that that actor puts into it without facial expressions, the way his tr- character transitions from the beginning of that season one to the end is yeah. almost better that he's in a helmet the whole time. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Okay. I mean, because he goes from pretty much like what you say. He's a pretty wooden, um, I'm just here to do a job, I have no emotion kind of character to by the end of the season – He's invested with Baby Yoda, and he's like his protector at that point. Yeah. And you get all that through voice inflection rather than facial expression, which is kind of cool. And I have to say, the season two, episode one, was excellent. Yeah, I mean, dynamite. Timothy Oliphant is one of my favorites, and he is in it. He's in it. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's oh cool. yeah, he's great. Well, he's you great. just got me hooked, line and sinker. I love there. <laughs> I love Justify. And he, he plays, is awesome. Yeah, he and he plays the same similar character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just oh. like the, he's the mar- it's called the Marshal, and he's the Marshal. You got yeah, he's the Marshal. <laughs> I might finish all six movies tonight. <laughs> Lance, you had a comment. Are you, are yeah. you fast asleep over there? <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, I just had to put on a pot of coffee because I could care less about this conversation. But I appreciate the nerdiness uh, that is oozing through the airways at this moment. And thanks uh, for, for our, selling the podcast, too. Yes. For our, yeah, for our listeners God, out there, it's like when DJ and Cricket's playing. <laughs> yeah, I remember the I remember letting Yin speak for uninterrupted here, but uh, for the listeners out there, Alex and Matt will start a. Uh, Star Wars spinoff podcast, <laughs> and uh, the you know they'll be sure to explain it to you why two of the six, and you know we still got to watch all six and why that special magic hole, <laughs> the Death Star was on the outside. I mean, just some major plot holes there. Um, but you know, hey, I'm willing to recognize I did watch one of the newer Star Wars movies because I believe they were on Netflix. Here's my problem with them, and you know. Is they they just flooded the market like there hadn't been a new Star Wars movie since like 1998, and then all of a sudden there was like four of them in five years. I just get a little bit confused. We had like Solo, this one, that one, just a bit much. Maybe space them out. There's not there's plenty of content in the world. Um, so you know maybe maybe one day I'll listen to your Star Trek or Star Wars podcasts and, and oh, learn right. a little bit. First of all, don't confuse them. I'll say that. That'll get you. I love the new know. Star Trek movies though with Chris Pine. Oh yeah, no, I like Star Trek. I, I love them. I like Star way Trek. better. Don't don't confuse them. Um, way better. And Lance, I'll tell you what. To make it more interesting for you, we'll put it all in a spreadsheet, and, and we'll we'll oh, we, we'll, email, we'll email that right over to you. We'll email <laughs> that spreadsheet right over. I'm gonna start tomorrow, my video of character connection right now. While you're auditing companies, you can you can have your Star Wars spreadsheet <laughs> and you'll be right at home. Well, that'd be great. <laughs> make it at least make it at least understandable and organized. There you go. Well, you can you can organize it, color code it, whatever you need to do, <laughs> whatever makes you feel good. All right, so guys, let's get into these top five Connery movies tonight. Like I said, saddened by the passing of Sean Connery on Halloween. He was 90, so it wasn't like it was unexpected. Uh, 
went out. Like, Bond, Bond never dies, though. Come when, on. When, oh, no, no, no. And the Bond never, you know, like, what's the line in uh, the Sandlot? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. You know, oh, he, he, Sean Connery, legend, you know. Uh, goes Sir out, Sean Connery. Sir Sean Connery <laughs> goes out like Bond in the Bahamas. So what better what better place to go down? His than own the island of all places. In man. his own island. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, if I was James Bond, I'd probably own an island too. So maybe it goes out ultimately like a Bond villain if on your own island. True. All right, so guys, let's let's get into this. Sean, give us your number five Sir Sean Connery movie. Yeah, number five, I have The Hunt for Red October. Uh, this is a 1990 movie starring Sean Con- Connery with Alec Baldwin playing the famous Jack Ryan character. Uh, this is actually the based off the Tom Clancy novel where uh, Jack Ryan makes his first appearance. And I believe this was actually Tom Clancy's first novel uh, at all. But basically, yeah, so. he's a Soviet... Uh, submarine captain Mark Ramius. He's going rogue uh, with his country's cutting-edge ballistic missile submarine. And Ryan is basically trying to convince the U.S. Navy of his theory that he actually thinks that that this captain is uh, defecting and going to bring the sub to the U.S. to prevent a nuclear war. And, uh, you know, it's just a thriller. It's action-packed from beginning to end. Uh, Connery uh, knocks off, I think, his first mate pretty early in the movie and just plays a, a really iconic role. Uh, just doing some research, though, I, I found out that he actually replaced the actor for this role two weeks into filming, and he had only one day of rehearsal before he, even, before he shot scenes in the actual movie. So that, he was that last Scottish minute. That Russian accent really came out. Yeah, right. But uh, another interesting thing is Kevin Costner was the first choice to play Jack Ryan. He declined to direct and star in Dances with Wolves. Uh, good good Her- call on Her- this part. Yeah, absolutely. He won a couple Oscars. Harrison Ford was second. He also declined, but of course would become Jack he Ryan did. in uh, Patriot Games. And, uh, yeah, and he did his own Russian sea captain movie with K-19 Widowmaker yeah. later on. So, But it eventually, you know, it, it came to Alec Baldwin who got the role for this one movie. And he, he was pretty good, young Alec Baldwin. But if you've not seen it, uh, it's definitely a movie that you want to check out. Uh, I always struggled seeing Sean Connery in, in other roles outside of Bond. But there are a handful of movies that, you know, separate him from Bond and, and you just see him in, in the role that he's playing. And this is one of those movies for me. Yeah. And this is I think you're going to see this one on some other lists as we go on throughout the night. Lance, give us your number five. Yeah, my number five is Diamonds Are Forever, an iconic Forever. James, Forever. James Bond film. It's the seventh in the franchise. However, it was the sixth one that Sean Connery appeared in. And you're right. If you're thinking, wait, wait, there was seven films. It's the seventh film with the sixth one. Well, uh, Connery had actually quit the franchise and retired from it. He'd become a little bit tired of Bond. And they had uh, George Lazenby, I believe it was, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And, you know, eventually the, the fit just wasn't right. The studio wanted Connery back and they ended up paying a record $1.25 million salary to bring him in in 1971. 
the film was directed by Guy Hamilton, and it was the second movie that Hamilton or of the Bond franchise that Hamilton had directed. He had previously directed Goldfinger, so Connery had uh, some resounding success with that prior film. So it was familiarity, and I and I just like Diamonds Are Forever because it's it's a great uh, it's a great film. I mean, if you think about like all the the Bond movies of the time, you have this iconic actor and Connery. And after number uh, you know five, he says, "All right, I'm done. I'm never doing it again." They go out and get this other guy. Number six is okay. And then they announce, you know what? Sean Connery's going to give us one more time in number seven. Uh, the film is one of my favorites. And like Alex was singing there, it's got an iconic song. Um, and it mostly filmed in, in the United States featuring a diamond smuggling ring in Las Vegas. So you can't go wrong with any of those Bond movies. But this one is uh, kind of special to me. Yeah, I was really kind of surprised that this was on your list lance um just because this is probably my least probably my least favorite of his bond movies he's getting kind of old he's getting kind of pudgy um but there are things about it that i do like so um just just an interesting choice uh i was surprised to see it on your list but i like i I like i like having some some different different stuff in there and it had to be pretty exciting as, you know, if you were alive in those times and you were a Bond fan, to have Connery leave the role and then have him come back as, oh, as sure. a fan of Bond. I mean, that, that had to have been just a real exciting time to get, you know, you knew it was ending, but you had one more opportunity to see him as Bond. That would be like if Daniel Craig were to come back in five years to reprise his role exactly. as James Bond for one more movie. I mean, I'd be... I'd be sprinting to be first in line to see that movie. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it was uh, a box office smash, particularly because it's Connery. He said, okay, this is my last one. I'm done for for real this time. Um, you know, people are going to line up to see it. And uh, it's got, you know, there, we can we can analyze Bond films all day. We probably will do that at some point, have our top five Bond movies. Um, but this one's got some great villains. Uh, Mr. Wint. Mr. Kid, uh, there's just two of the oddest. The reclusive billionaire, weirdest. Willard White. Willard White, who's just, what is that, Howard Hughes, pretty much? Basically, um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just interesting, really interesting. And, of course, the iconic Blofeld's there. Um, so, Diamonds Are Forever. Matt, what's your number five? Number five for me is kind of a weird one off everyone else's list, but uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This was the last film that Sean Connery did and honestly by a lot of people's standards not a really a great movie but I've probably seen this movie the most out of all the Sean Connors maybe besides The Last Crusade um this was like a movie that I just like to watch it's a lot like obviously you it's based off the book you know there's a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series and uh really it's just kind of cool that you know there's all these different like Captain Nemo's in it you know Invisible <laughs> Man Tom Sawyer I've always kind of liked that like molding of like it's like you know the molding of superheroes like uh in the marvel franchise or something for me it's just like the old school you know novel characters yeah and I yeah always i mean liked it, it. it takes it takes kind of iconic literary heroes right and it puts them all on the same team together to 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 do something and uh this one didn't make my list but i i, I do like this movie um i don't i haven't seen it in a while so i, I will say that but i i don't know why it got such a bad rap um because i'm kind of with you i mean 
uh, it's a guilty pleasure movie yeah i mean connery plays what alan quartermain he's like this famous african hunter you know he has a ability to to shoot really accurately at a long at long range um you know it's just it's just kind of a neat movie and i agree with you matt like captain nemo the invisible man tom so it has all these kind of cool iconic uh literary people in it that make for just an interesting type of and and it's uh what it's got what dr jekyll mr hyde right um you know just kind of throws everybody in there and uh comes up with a kind of a mystery whodunit type movie which is kind of neat yeah and i will say that so this is you know matt mentioned this is the last film that he did and he confirmed in a 2006 uh, ceremony where he an award that he had retired from hollywood that he was done with all of the idiots that make films in that town <laughs> um, and so basically he said he yeah the, like the actual movie. actual quote <laughs> says idiots now making films in hollywood was recited as his reason for his decision to retire uh, i think he was you know kind of fed up with it and for him he was like i don't need the money i've got an island in the bahamas i got a villa in greece i'm out and you know what i can't blame him but I, i'm with matt like i have this movie and you know every couple of years i'll end up watching it it's been a while but i think i need to revisit i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm going to be going on a big connery binge watch uh, for the next <laughs> month or so to kind of uh, in honor of one of the greatest actors that we've all had the, the pleasure to watch on on screen Yep, absolutely. Connery with the mic drop at the retirement ceremony. That's so, right. That's yeah. right. I mean, if you got enough money and you're at the end of your career, you don't. He didn't care. You could say whatever he wanted. But yeah, that's true. All right. Well, let me give you my number five. And honestly, when I made my list and I started looking through Connery movies, um, the first thing I noticed was I was really surprised that his filmography was not bigger than what it was. He he didn't make a ton of movies, honestly. Um, and so I was a little surprised by that, but also was very aware of the fact that this top five for me could have been nothing but Bond movies. That's how iconic he is in the role of James Bond. That's how excellent the films, the Bond films that he's in are for me. Um, so, but I, I just, I, I had to hold myself back. I only put one Bond film in here. Um, but my number five Sean Connery movie is the 1987 The Untouchables, starring Kevin Costner as um, as the main character here. We got Robert De Niro is is playing Scarface himself, and you've got um, Sean Connery, who's kind of like the Irish cop, the beat cop who who really knows how to get things done. He tell Kevin Costner's playing Elliot Ness. That's the that's who I was looking for there, um, and just an excellent movie. I love it. Um, Connery wins his, he wins an actor for this for best supporting actor, uh, Oscar for this for best supporting actor. Um, I know this is going to be on, on some other lists, but anybody want to comment on the untouchable Sean, you've got this. We'll go ahead to you for this. Cause you, it's your number four. How do you feel about this movie? That was a great movie. I mean, what a cast, you know, alongside Connery, Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, Andy Garcia, uh, like you said, it's the story of Elliot Ness in Prohibition in Chicago, you know, trying to stop Al Capone. And yep. De Niro plays a good Capone. Uh, it was kind of funny. Fantastic Capone. Yeah. Well, he's so into method acting that he hired Al Capone's actual tailors to create his wardrobe for this movie. All the way down to the underwear. 
So he knew that people would never see the underwear, but he wanted to be so in character that he hired these folks to to tailor his suits and his outfits that he wore in the movie. But yeah, it was, like you said, it was his only Oscar. He won it for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, This is one of the best gangster movies of all time. Uh, Would be a great list to come up with that top five gangster movies. But yeah, yeah, this is great. He plays, you know, the Scottish guy on Elliot Ness's crew that's uh, basically trying to stop Capone. And uh, he actually, did you did you do any research? Did you see that in his, uh, spoiler alert, his death scene in the movie, he had never worked with fake blood capsules in the past, which is hilarious being on all the Bond movies that he had. And one of those capsules went off and got in his eye, and he had to go to the hospital <laughs> uh, mid, mid shot of the scene to... Uh, you know, and they had to actually talk him into being able to use the capsules moving forward in the whenever they had to finish the scene. So I thought that did was they, pretty cool little him, tidbit. What, what are you prepared to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's his famous line from the movie. Yeah, The Untouchables. I love it because I'm I'm a big crime noir uh, movie guy. I like these kind of this depression era m- movies, um, and and. What better than Prohibition Chicago? I mean, come on. That's Al Capone, Elliot Ness, Copper, Gangster. You can't go wrong with that. So that's my number five, Untouchables. It's number four for Sean. Matt, we'll go to you for your number four because it's already been mentioned. Give it to us. Yes, and I just comment on the Untouchables. It's really hard to leave it off my list because it's like I really like the movie. It's uh, one of the – if we're – like phrasing i guess the top five ones that i think that are the greatest by sean connery would be on it but obviously we're just talking about our favorites so completely different completely different circumstance my number four is hunt for the red october sean did a great job breaking this down um i just watched this actually a couple days ago uh or yeah on the on the plane so yesterday um after we i knew we were doing this and uh you know one of the weirdest scenes about this movie that i think is so cool is in the very beginning they uh they're speaking russian obviously on the boat and they zoom in on the i think it's his first mate maybe um they zoom in on his mouth as he's reading and as they zoom out it transitions to english yeah it's just such an interesting way to like move the film out keep it authentic in the beginning and let you know what we're doing right now as we move forward uh i i just love that part of it yeah it is kind of cool because it's basically saying yeah okay they're still speaking Russian, but in order for you to not have to read subtitles the entire movie, we're gonna we're gonna make this like a way to understand. Okay, you're hearing it in English, but they're still speaking it in Russian. Um, exactly. I've seen that in another movie, um, which I didn't really notice it. But if you've ever seen the movie Secret Window with Johnny yeah. Depp, um, if you notice that there's a point in that movie where he like lays down on his couch, and the camera is uh, the shot is from the mirror. It sees him laying on the couch and then it zooms into the mirror and then all of a sudden like you're inside the mirror but you're in the room so it's kind of a a kind of a similar type of shot where it it, you know basically it's putting you inside the mind of johnny depp in that movie so you're right i do like that shot um i'm gonna give you my number four right now because it's the same hunt for red october you guys have touched on all the reasons why excellent sean connery movie um, this Russian Scottish accent, like Lance said, is is a little bit lame, but he plays a, he does a great job playing um, Captain Ramius in this in this film. Lance, uh, 
give us your number four. Yeah, my number four. It's the last Bond movie on my list. It's Goldfinger. This is the third movie in the franchise. It was the first one to be directed by Guy Hamilton, who also directed Diamonds Are Forever, the one I mentioned previously. It's just one of my more famous or favorite Bond movies. It's like the one that had the biggest budget of the first three. It was what really elevated Bond from an interesting movie to a like blockbuster worldwide. And I, I think one of the things that made this film really interesting to me is at the very beginning of the movie, um, the, the Jill Masterson, who he's flirting with, she works for Goldfinger and, uh, and he ends up finding her in, in his hotel room later completely painted with gold gold paint and it's a super iconic scene in the film and just really sets up the entire entire thing so i i really absolutely uh love this film and you can't go wrong checking it out great movie we'll hear about this one again goldfinger coming in for number four for lance all right sean we'll stick with the bond theme give us your number three yeah my number three is from russia with love and this is the second bond movie came out in 1963 uh, basically, quick synopsis, uh, Spectre, which is the evil uh, villain group, is seeking revenge for the death of its operative, Dr. No, and they're setting a trap to lure 007 <clears throat> to his death. Uh, this, If you look at any top five uh, lists out there, rankings of Bond movies, this is consistently in the top five. Uh, we get a first glimpse of Bond's arch nemesis, Blowfield. Just a really good movie. Great follow-up to Dr. No. Dr. No kind of sets the series up. Uh, takes away a lot of the firsts. You know, the first uh, movie, the first uh, intro into Bond, James Bond, all those types of things. So you need a strong number two movie to really you know, elevate the franchise and kick it forward for many years to come. And I'm sure they didn't even think back then that it would be going on as long as it did. But to <clears throat> put a series together, you need to have a strong number two movie. And they definitely did. From Russia With Love is one of my favorite Bond movies. Not just Sean Connery, but Bond movies of all time. So I definitely recommend if you're, you know, looking to get into the series, watch them. First through, you know, start at Dr. No and just work your way through them. I think that's the best way to do it. You get to kind of see the, you know, the, the development of the character and uh, just the development of the franchise and what a great bond that we had to start. Yeah, and I think this movie from Russia with Love is a very underrated bond. Um, I didn't like it as much when I was younger, but then, now that I've gotten older, this is way up there. It's it's one of the best. You got Robert Shaw, who's who's plays a great villain in this movie. Um, um, it's on, it takes place on a train. It, I mean, it's just great. You, from Russia with Love, it's some great locations. You get it's in Istanbul. So you, you, this is a good one. I, I really like that. Good shout for number three, Russia with Love. Let's go to your number three since we've covered that one as well. Yeah, absolutely. My number three is The Untouchables. I think that Alex and Sean have both kind of done a really good job um, of explaining this movie. You know, it was you know number five on Alex's list, number four on Sean's, and number three on mine. Um, just a fantastic movie. There's just a there's a great moment 
uh, in the movie in terms of an iconic line that comes from actually from Robert De Niro. I can't say it on a family friendly podcast, but <laughs> just really enjoy this movie. I know it's kind of already not been many said. De Niro lines you could say on this yeah, podcast. That's true. <laughs> that is, is it, true. Is it, I want him dead. I want his family dead. Uh, is it that line? It, it the one where he's coming down the stairs, and I think Elliot mm. Ness very at the end goes to confront him, and he basically says, "I don't give up about your family" or something, something yeah. along those lines. And um, so, I mean, the movie came out forty years ago, thirty three years ago. You know, I, that, the big thing about this movie for me is, you know, Kevin Costner's the star of the movie. He's Elliot Ness, but really, if you watch it, Sean Connery steals every scene. He plays an Irish American. He's a cop in Chicago. And, you know, Elliot Ness recruits him to his squad of untouchables, and he's fantastic in the role. So, you know, you can't go wrong by popping this in on a Friday night. Well, I think, like, honestly, like, and Costner and De Niro were very good, but they almost play their roles as, like, a caricature of of these iconic names in Ness and, uh, oh, jeez, Capone. But Connery, I think, brings a lot of realism to to probably what it was like, and I think that's why, like you said, Lance, he steals the show. Yeah, I mean, well, and essentially he can play himself. You know, I mean, he, he, I think it's easy for him to slip into that type of a role. So it, he he's perfect for it. it. It was shout out to the casting director for for getting him for the Untouchables. All right, Matt, give us your number three. Yeah, my number three is uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Um, I've probably seen this movie out of, like I said earlier, with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I've probably seen this movie out of the most Sean Connery uh, movies ever, maybe because I'm an Indiana Jones fan. But also him playing Indy's dad and, like, the whole thing where he's giving up his name and, like, calling him <laughs> Junior the whole time. He's Junior. playing it in a serious They're so role, good together. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Them playing off each other is great, and that's what I like to see is just, like, you see the acting chemistry right there. Um, I don't know, man. This movie is gr- just amazing from start to finish, but he is great in it, and that's what I like the most. His, uh, him, Junior, just yeah, nonstop. Right. I mean, yeah. Non-stop. And, and just so a little thing Harrison Ford. Like, you know, it's just great. Well, it's, I mean, and a lot of a lot of what's great about him in this film is is not even necessarily the the spoken words he has. It's just like you know, Harrison Ford will do something as Indiana Jones, like take out some Nazis, and he's real proud of himself, and yeah. he's, gr- he's grinning, and he'll look over at his dad, and Sean Connery just gives him this look, like, yeah, you think some you're so, you're so, so, I mean, just the looks he gives him. Some are of the hysterical. looks of surprise, trust yeah. me. Like when something weird happens, and he's just like, whoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he does yeah. that weird, like oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Or my favorite it. part is when uh when Harrison Ford realizes that his dad also slept with the blonde lady. Oh yeah. And they just <laughs> give him this look, and and and, and, and Sean Connery's just like, man, well, uh, <laughs> just such a hilarious like nonverbal I, moment between them. I think my favorite line in the whole movie is like when they think Harrison Ford goes off the cliff with the uh, tank. And, uh, you know, Sean Connery and Marcus are standing looking over the gorge. And, and he's like, there's so much I didn't get to tell him. Five minutes would have been enough. You know, it's like, that's all right. he needed to, to share yeah. life, you know, life moments with his son. <laughs> Five minutes would have been enough. It just cracks me up. It's just like this subtle joke there. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, 
and that's great the great content i mean the cup of christ i mean that's just right i love that that content in this one so last crusade that's a good shot for me number three is the highlander this comes from 1986 starring christopher lambert and clancy brown sean connery again in the supporting actor role the just i i love this line there can be only one um Christopher Lambert is, is a Scottish Highlander, and he's immortal. And the only way that you can, can kill the immortals is to cut their heads off. And Sean Connery um, plays a Portuguese guy, I think. And he basically befriends Christopher Lambert's character, trains him how to, to fight and all this kind of stuff. And so it's just a really cool movie. This is uh, currently available on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, you can watch this movie. But if you've never, have you guys seen the Highlander? Never seen it. Never seen it. Oh wow! My only only reason I even know what it is is because it's referenced in Talladega Nights. I I guess <laughs> I need to watch it. You know, like how uh, yeah he goes, he's like that Highlander movie. You know, it was yeah whatever. But like you know, as they're driving by, that's the only reason I know what it is. But I need to watch it. Yes, this is on Amazon Prime. If you have it, um, there's there's several sequels, um, but the Highlander is excellent. Sean, have you not seen the Highlander? I'm not sure that I have, actually. Wow. Okay. So this is number three on my list, and you guys have not seen it. So check out The Highlander. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. My number two is I'm a, I'm a war movie connoisseur, and I would have been remiss not to include a Sean Connery war movie. And when it comes to war movies, I had two choices. I could go with The Longest Day, or I could go with The Bridge Too Far. And I really thought about The Longest Day, but Sean Connery is only briefly, and I mean briefly, in that movie. So to call it a Sean Connery movie is, eh, it might be a stretch. So I went with A Bridge Too Far. This is 1977. This uh, covers Operation Market Garden, which was the Allied landings into Holland that were led by the British. Um, and you talk about a cast. I mean, you got Michael Caine, Anthony Hopkins, Robert Redford, James Caan. Sean Connery, just to name a few. I mean, there are tons of major actors in this movie. Um, it is it is a great movie. It is exceptionally well done. It is a currently available on Netflix. Um, it's long, I will say that's probably, it's probably two and a half hours long. Um, but it documents very well the Allied invasion into Holland. This is after Normandy, of course. This was the failed attempt for... Um, for the allies to come in through the back door into Germany. And um, if you've never seen this movie and you like war movies, you will love A Bridge Too Far. Have any of you guys seen A Bridge Too Far? I've seen it. It's been many years since I have, but definitely I've seen it. It's a very good movie. I think I've got some homework to do. It Same. sounds like it. You're, you got all these old Sean Connery movies on here. Where do you see the beginning of our list? Like, Two of our top movies, neither of you guys have on there. It's because we're young. <laughs> well, That's right. yes, there is a little bit of uh, age bias to these lists, but I've seen the movies that you've that you've listed. Um, yeah, we didn't but, do our homework. We, yeah, we you, get you it, got, Alex. Well, I mean, we get it, it, Alex. <laughs> Look, well, Alex is Alex is fun. in quarantine right now. Matt's yeah. been frolicking on a beach in California. We've been we haven't had a chance to do our homework. Yeah. Well, good thing is both of these movies that I've recommended that you haven't seen are available on streaming. I know you I know you have Netflix, 
and I think you have Amazon Prime, so you can watch both of those movies and you'll enjoy them. Sean, give us your number two. Well, my number two, I mentioned this in a folks to watch, Finding Forrester uh, 2000 was this movie, Stars Connery with Rob Brown. Uh, as we mentioned, Rob Brown, this was his first time uh, ever acting. And Lance hit me with a tidbit of knowledge that I didn't know that Rob Brown basically went to audition to be an extra because he needed to pay his cell phone bill and uh, ended up getting the role as Jamal Wallace to co-star with uh, Sean Connery. So <clears throat> that's pretty hilarious. And, you know, what a Hollywood moment for that guy. Uh, but basically for this movie, uh, William Forrester's a recluse. He published one novel, and though it's uh, thought of as a masterpiece, he could not really personally deal with, with the critics of his work. So he did continue to write, but he never published another novel. And uh, Jamal Wallace is a, is a genius, though his uh, grades don't show that as he hit it because he did not want to be made fun of or ostracized from his friends. Uh, and he's a star athlete, so he's recruited to attend a local prep school, and uh, he's able to finally, you know, come out of his shell and out of his hiding and actually, you know, show his skill not just on the basketball court but in the classroom. And he's a very talented writer and uh, basically on a dare with his buddies because uh, Sean Connery, William Forrester would always watch these guys playing basketball out the window, so his Buddies dare him to, you know, break into his to uh, Forrester's apartment and steal something. And when he does, uh, you know, they kind of eventually meet and uh, develop a friendship. And you know, Forrester basically mentors Jamal Wallace in his writing, and uh, really sees something in the kid and just takes him under his wing as, and mentors him. And and they both, you know, really help each other because. You know, Jamal Wallace is being helped in his writing, but he's also helping William get out of his shell. You know, he's been a recluse, hasn't had any real meaningful relationships in his life for many, many years, and he finds that with Jamal Wallace at the end of his life. I love this movie. I mean, if I did a top 10 favorite movies, maybe even top five favorite movies, of all time for myself personally, this is going to make my list. I enjoy it every single time I watch it. I, I mean, I can't recommend this movie more more than I have second time now in the, in the early stages of our podcast. Top five. Wow. Okay. I, I do I do like that movie, Tom, or Sean. It's just such a, a great, like, feel-good movie. It's a great lesson in it. And just, you know, it's, it's an unexpected you know, progression of the film. Really love that movie, even though it's not on my top five, Connery. And and it's really like it's so well directed too. Uh was it Gus Van Van Dan or Gus Van Zant Van Zant and he's he directed another great movie with uh Matt Damon. You guys know what that one is? Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. It's like my Come favorite on. Good movie. Will Hunting. Oh. That's correct. <laughs> and this this movie has that type of feel. Yeah, exactly. If it's you like really think his, about it, it's very similar. Hunting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that also would be in my top five, top ten Goodwill Hunting as well. So that's maybe that shows a little bit of what what I enjoy in in my films. Uh, but 
you know, so many films, and I do love the Avengers movies. Don't get me wrong. I've seen them all multiple times. But a lot of films are so, hey, look at everything exploding. Come hear our cool sound system. See of all our special effects. This is just downright dirty. There's no special effects. It's just a hardcore story with a good feel-good feel to it and good acting. And, and it's just a real throwback to, to what Hollywood used to produce when it came to movies. And, and basically, that's just Sean's cry for help. He needs a mentor. So if we have anybody listening to the podcast that's an older gentleman that would like to mentor Sean, just reach out to us on all the social media platforms, and uh, we'll get you guys connected. And I am a very, very talented. Yes, I am a very talented writer. <laughs> and, a, and a Scottish accent. That's, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, that'll make him feel good. All right, Lance, give us your number two. Oh, yeah, my number two is a little-known film called The Rock, released Welcome in 19, Rock. 1996. Uh, Sean 96. Connery is 66 years old when this movie comes out, y'all. And he plays a badass. He's a former British spy who's been in prison, but mm. he escaped the rock. I mean, just an incredible storyline. But a little, little bit of background here. Um, you know, so the production budget was $75 million, ended up grossing $335 million uh, worldwide. You know, big deal. This film was directed Cha-ching. by Michael, Michael Bay. <laughs> if I get interrupted one more time, I'm just going to go on mute. Michael Bay, director, second movie he'd ever directed in the studio, apparently was on his back the entire time, like weekly, like checking in on budgets, just nonstop because it was a big budget film. And I found this little tidbit out earlier that was really interesting, which was that, you know, Michael Bay was having to meet with the producers from Disney nonstop. And so finally, one day, Connery asked him, why are you always leaving set? And Michael Bay explained where he was going. And so Connery said, I'm going with you. And they go in and Connery went in and the, and the producers at, at Disney were shocked to see him. And he said, leave him alone. You're taking too much time up of him. He's doing a great job. The movie's going to be great. And after that, the producer stayed out of Michael Bay's way and the rest is history. Well, and if you saw Michael Bay movie, you know, some stuff is going to blow up. True. Uh, but this is early Michael Bay. So his only, the prior film he had only directed to that was, bad boys and that was a bit of a low budget film <laughs> and then he directs the rock up. and it's got a and it's got a huge budget and so they're worried and because they did film a lot of it on location at, at alcatraz and it's a national park location they can't close it so like he's having to juggle the filming schedule around it being an open national park where people are at every single day and filming a major motion picture so there was a lot of things and of course the producer was breathing down his neck so it was a big time That's why um, they took you know, production. That's right. They got new volunteers every day. Man, right. I'm, with, I'm with you, though. This was a good movie. I, I, I thought about including it on my list. Uh, obviously, I did not. But for me, one of my top five least favorite actors in the oh, history of actors is Nicholas Cage. Don't even start. Come on. First of all. Dude. Con Air. Con Air. Just watch okay. Con Air. He, he doesn't is, swear. He say, says things like G Willikers. I will <laughs> say, though, so, I agree with you. This is probably one of his best uh, well, jobs as an actor. However, he Connery sucks. Top five, does it make he Cage's sucks. top five movies? This is Cage's best movie. Oh, uh, I don't know. Gone <laughs> uh, in 60 yes, Seconds, baby. <laughs> no, Gone in 60 Seconds has got to be up there. Number yeah. one. 
Leaving <laughs> Las Leaving Las I'll, Vegas, he won an Oscar for that. I can never get over Con Air. Ghost Rider, I'll never get on. over Con Air. He's excellent in Con Ghost Air. Get out of here. That oh, is garbage. Is He's got perfect. so many good movies. Come on. He's doing Sean. a TV miniseries where he plays Joe Exotic, Sean. I mean, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing, and I will watch that. But, you know, <laughs> he sucks. Keanu Reeves sucks. I don't care what anyone says. You can't t- you can't oh, change my mind. Oh, National Treasure? First of all. Tell me that doesn't count. Keanu Reeves? If you yeah. haven't seen John Wick, you can just get well, out of town I- right now. Just because you've put out some good movies doesn't mean you're like John Wick is amazing, but that takes no Bill acting Ted. skills. He Bill does no acting. He just just the kills Matrix? people. He's he a sucks. robot in the Matrix. It's perfect. He sucks. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He point acts break. like a robot in point everything break. he's in. Point break. Oh, point break. He overacts. Point break. John, a get tidbit. Get out of here. He get sucks. Keanu's great. Matt, give most us your overrated too. actor of all time. Uh, <laughs> that'll be your next top five. Matt, give us your number two. My number two is uh, Goldfinger. Lance touched on this a bit, and you guys are going to touch on it a little more. Uh, no spoilers for that one, but sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the reason why is, uh, you know, Lance and I grew up in the Fierce Brosnan era and, you know, flowing into Daniel Craig of James Bond. And, you know, I had never really seen a James Bond movie outside of a Pierce movie. Um, mm. And the first one that I watched uh, with a different actor was goldfinger because that was the one that you know google told me to watch now uh it just was the one highly recommended and it 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 proved true um i got the real feel of what you know the traditional james bond was about and where james bond started and that's what i enjoyed from this movie i mean there's a lot of like you guys have covered it's a lot of great villains um you know and i it's a great movie and that's it, like I said, it brought me into the watching some of the old Bonds, so Goldfinger number two. And it probably has, and this will be another great one, top five Bond girls, but this has probably the best Bond girl name of any Bond movie. Can't say it on a family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy galore. Pussy galore. <laughs> that is the best she, Bond girl name she owned, ever. She owned a lot of cats. Yeah. 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 So Matt's coming Galore of cats. Goldfinger. At number two, Matt, give us your number one since Lance already mentioned it. Yeah, my number one's The Rock. Um, this goes into me and Lance's age again. I feel like uh, this was like a big movie there for a while. Our buddy Strayer, this is like his favorite movie. Um, and <laughs> you know, me and him, like, I don't know. We've watched a lot of movies together, so I've seen this movie a ton of times with him. And it's great. Uh, I got a couple factoids for this one because I haven't, you know, done my research on my other four. But I did did some research on this one, so... Uh, most of the Navy SEALs in the movie were actually played by real Navy SEALs, so that's super cool. Interesting, yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino is actually an uncredited screenwriter on this, as well as Aaron Sorkin, so I assume they did some rewrites during production. Um, that's typically how that works, so that's kind of cool. And then the best one by far is that Sean Connery told the producers that he wasn't doing the movie if he had to travel. And he requested that they build him a cottage on Alcatraz Island, and they did it. So <laughs> talk about a badass move! That's um, awesome. That's yeah. throwing your that's throwing Wait, your weight around. They, right how there. do they how do they manage that then, Matt? Because that's part of the National Park Service. They'd have to get federal Probably. government's approval. Yeah, it, it just became the uh, the whoever runs the Alcatraz. It became the uh, yeah. the park, park and, guys, and, new house, and, the employees' house. 
And the only well, other thing I'd say is, I mean, if you guys have been to San Francisco, the... it's it's not far. It's like two minute ride on a boat yeah. from, from the docks well, to just like the them Alcatraz. putting trailers on the on the island to film. You know, like how the castle always has the galaxy trailers or whatever. But I know that construction might be a little different, but I'm sure it was deemed as like a temporary space in a historic monument, just like a trailer would be. You know what I mean? So. They worked it out, nonetheless. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you cottage. how they worked it out. They they wrote a fat check to right. the National <laughs> Parks Department. Yeah, that's seventy five million dollar budget. <laughs> how much of that went to the National <laughs> Park? <laughs> yeah. So, it, well, when you're Sean Connery, I guess you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And of course, this movie stars the excellent Nicolas Cage alongside Sean Connery. So Ed uh, Harris. Yeah. Con- Ed Connery's oh, yeah, kind of the shadow. Good part about this that we haven't yeah. mentioned about The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget him. He's Ed great. Harris is good in a million things, but you know he's most notably known for doing Westworld recently. But like this was, I mean, this is an iconic role. He looked the same in not when was this made ninety seven or something. He Six, looks the same yeah. in ninety six that he yeah. does in Westworld, right now. which right. is crazy. Exactly. He yeah. does too. That's so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he looks no, exactly the same. One one other thing I'll add in since we're on the rock. The, the scene at the Fairmont Hotel where Nicolas Cage throws the iconic John Spencer over the balcony. He's the FBI director. Um, they filmed that on location, and there was a man dangling off the roof. The police got dozens of 911 calls about a man <laughs> hanging from the roof screaming, help, help, because um, no one knew that they were filming a movie there on that day. That's funny. Sean Connery's the one that throws him off, not Nick Cage, though. <laughs> That is correct. He maybe yeah. makes Nick Cage save his life. That's right. That's right. All right, let's give us your number one. Uh, my number one is, uh, and Matt mentioned this, it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And really, for me, this is my number one because of the chemistry between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. And if if you guys remember in that trilogy of the Indiana Jones, they talk about, I think about the second one, um, the Temple of Doom was a really dark movie. It takes place mm-hmm. mostly in, in India, and it, it's not really my favorite of the three. And then you go to Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. It's it's more lighthearted, but it's still very serious. And like you, there's just so many iconic moments, and it's really just the chemistry between them. We talked about you know the nonverbal, just the, the looks they would give each other, uh, you know the quick one-liners, like you mentioned, Alex. Uh, you know there's there's so much more I, I, I wanted to tell him. And he, you know, then he says that five minutes would have covered it. I mean, just so good. And uh, so you really can't go wrong with that movie. I, I watched it recently during quarantine. We watched all three of the Indiana Jones movies. And I, I just, this is my favorite of the three. And it's because Sean Connery's in it. And not to mention also, and I don't want to leave him out, um, River Phoenix makes an appearance at the beginning of this movie. Um, and what an excellent actor he was and and you know it's a shame that because of an addiction uh he passed away too early he's young indy but he plays young indiana jones and i mean talk about a kid who could act i mean this this river phoenix had a had a big career ahead of him uh unfortunately he got hooked and uh and that was the end of him so indiana jones last crusade excellent excellent movie all right sean you and i share the same number one give it to us what is it well, I just have to say before I get into my number one, Sean Connery is the biggest boss badass in the history of actors. I mean, some of the stories that were told tonight, they built him a cottage on Alcatraz. 
he basically went into a production meeting and said, the budget's under control. Leave this guy alone. They left him alone. I mean, dropping the mic in his retirement speech, basically saying all of Hollywood sucks. I'm out. I'm going to my island. So this dude is the man. But for me, he's James Him Bond. Him and Jack Nicholson, those two. Yeah. But for me, Sean Connery's James Bond. Yep. So to me, what is James Bond's best movie? With Sean Connery in it, it's Goldfinger. Yep. And it's wildly held as the best Bond movie of all time. If you look up lists of rankings, it's usually the first spot is Goldfinger. And just a quick synopsis of the movie. We've talked a lot about, you know, having it on our list or whatnot. But for those of you that not have not seen it, there's a powerful tycoon, Auric Goldfinger. He's initiated the Operation Grand Slam, which is basically a scheme to raid Fort Knox and obliterate the world economy. So James Bond, armed with a specially equipped Aston Martin, must stop the plan by overcoming several outrageous adversaries. And, and those adversaries are legendary Bond villains. You got Goldfinger, as I mentioned, Odd Job, yep. and then the Bond girls we talked about, Pussy Galore. So there's so many iconic people and roles and characters in this one movie. Uh, it was the first time that uh, the Aston Martin actually made its debut as a, as a car on this movie. Uh, and it was the first appearance that we got of the Q Branch Workshop, which, you know, I think they really uh, took that to another level with the Pierce Brosnan, uh, you know, and all the corny gadgets. gadgets that they had in that. And I think they've brought that, you know, a little bit down in these more recent Daniel Craig movies. But, you know, Q, uh, the actor that played Q... I believe he premiered in uh, from Russia with Love, and he was he was in that series more than anybody. Yeah, he and, actually uh, uh, was into well into the Pierce uh, era. Right, the World so, is Not Enough was his last Bond movie. Correct. Yeah. So this was the first time that you know they 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 show that Q Branch workshop. Uh, the the song I believe was the first one that had actual lyrics in it in a Bond yep. movie. So there's just so many cool firsts, but, you know, take away all of that and you just still have a great plot. You have just a great story. You have the, you know, not my favorite Bond, if you've heard my list, but that doesn't mean he wasn't amazing as Bond. I just really love Daniel Craig. But Sean Connery, you know, it's sad that he passed away. Uh, what a great, what a great man, and he's left us all with great memories. And and the great thing is, is I own every Bond he has, and I've been watching him uh, since the news came about. And I definitely recommend everybody start your Bond immersement with Doctor No and enjoy Sean Connery as you move through the era of James Bond. Yeah, excellent, excellent choice, Goldfinger at number one. I'm going to run through our list one more time to recap them. And then we'll give you some must see TV. Sean has at five Hunt for Red October, four Untouchables, three from Russia with Love, two Finding Forrester, and, and one Goldfinger. Lance gives five Diamonds Are Forever, four Goldfinger, three The Untouchables, two The Rock, one Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Matt gives five League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, four Hunt for Red October, three Last Crusade, two Goldfinger, one The Rock. And I have five The Untouchables, four Hunt for Red October, three Highlander, 
two, a bridge too far, and number one, Goldfinger. So if you're paying attention there, Goldfinger is the only movie to be on all four of our lists. So if you're going to watch one Sean Connery movie, by consensus, Goldfinger is the one to watch. And I hope you'll check that one out if you've never seen it. All right, guys, as always on the Ends and Y'all podcast, we want to give you some must-see TV. So, Matt, what do you have for us to watch this week? Yeah, so I have a little outside the box. I know we always go with, you know, dramas or comedies. Well, I guess we've covered some docs, too. But this one uh, is special to me because, you know, I I love music, and I specifically love hip-hop music. Uh, I've been, you know, listening to it as long as I can remember. But there's an amazing documentary on Netflix. It's called Hip Hop Evolution. It's been out for a long time. Um, there's four, I guess you would call them seasons, but they're not really seasons. They're just segments. And each one of them has a couple episodes in it that cover hip hop from when it was just, you know, mixing disco all the way up through, you know, the current era. Um, it's, it's really great if you're a hip hop head and you're kind of looking for that outlet to learn more about the origins of hip hop and to even get some of the people that you don't even realize are influences on the music that you listen to right now. Um, so I highly recommend it um, to anyone who listens to hip hop music. All right. So that's hip hop evolution and it's on Netflix. Sean. Yes. You got? Please. Okay. Well, I've kind of touched on it throughout uh, our list for Sean Connery, but for tonight, this is an important episode for myself, and it's all about Sean Connery. My recommendation is that you go watch Dr. No. And I think if you've been a fan of the podcast from day one, our very first episode, we rated our top five Bond actors. And Bond is very important. It really is in our lives. It was something that we watched with our dad growing up. And... Sean Connery was always the Bond, you know, it's, I'm guarantee it's my dad's favorite Bond. And uh, I really think that if you're a fan of movies, if you haven't seen James Bond movies, I don't know where you are, but if you, if you haven't, no better place to start than number one, and that's Dr. No. Dr. No. All right. And uh, I think at one point, all these are, a lot of these movies are on Netflix. I don't know if they still are. Because I, I own them also. I don't typically watch them on Netflix. But last I saw, many of the uh, James Bond movies were, were on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, Bond is on there. Lance, what do you have? Yeah, I, I didn't actually choose a specific movie uh, or show for tonight. It was really just to encourage people to go watch a Sean Connery movie. There are so many of them. If you have Hulu, Prime, or Netflix or even HBO Max, there are Sean Connery movies on there right now that you can stream. I was just looking, and, and there's so many out there that, that are really good. I mean, you, there are the James Bond movies, which we've covered. A lot of those are on all full, all, all of those apps I just referenced. There are, you know, uh, Bridge Too Far is also on there. Alex mentioned that. So really just go check out any of those ones that you heard us talk about tonight that you're interested in. They're out there. They're available. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to end up being pleased that you watched it. Yeah, you can't go wrong with with a Sean Connery movie. Uh, My recommendation this week is a show called Bosch, and you can find that on Amazon Prime. I think there's six seasons out. This uh, traces the follows the the life of LAPD detective Harry Bosch. Um, It's set in present day. 
and it, it's a typical cop drama. These are based off the Michael Connelly novels. So if you've read those, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I know Lance has seen this show and he's not, you know, uh, he, he, he watches it, I guess, but he's not a huge. On it's grown acting. on me. It's I, I grown. It's, it got better. The first season's acting was really cheesy. Yeah, but it got much better. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, you know, I didn't really like the lead guys, Titus Welliver. He's who plays Harry Bosch. I didn't particularly like him for the role um, early on when I first saw it, just because of you know when you read a novel, you always picture the the character in whatever way you want to picture them, and then when somebody you know depicts them on on a movie or on a on TV show, you know a lot of times it's disappointing because not exactly what you had in mind. So I think that was a lot of it for me initially, but he's grown on me over the seasons. I don't really like the show. I think, uh, you know, there's, I don't know, about 10 episodes per season. So you're looking at approximately 60 episodes. So they're an hour long each. They'll keep you busy. Um, I binge watched through all of these seasons fairly quickly during quarantine. So I recommend uh, Bosch on Amazon Prime. I recommend I recommend the novels by Michael Connelly as well. Because- yes. Yeah. I've read most of them, and they're they're exceptional. Yeah, Michael Connelly's a good writer, and those are easy reads. So I will say, you guys threw me for a loop because you guys didn't send all this Sean Connery love on the must see or the must watch stuff on the the doc. But I will say, to go there, he's Scottish, and I guarantee he drank scotch. You, <laughs> if you ever get a chance, and this is more about a hit. This is like a history lesson more than, you know, an alcohol thing, but there's a documentary on Amazon about scotch. It's called scotch, a, a golden dream. And it is amazing. Um, just learning about how that's all come into play. I bet Sean Connery knew more than half the stuff in that. <laughs> Sean Connery invented scotch. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to jump out of the jumbotron and we're going to end the podcast tonight in a segment that we like to call the bullpen. We haven't had the bullpen in, in a while since our buddy DJ was on the podcast, but in the bullpen is where we typically want to share a family memory with our listeners. And guys, I have a picture is sitting on my bookshelf here in the house of a time when we all played paintball. And this actually happened across the street from where Sean currently lives in the, the woods where we grew up in. Uh, Lance and Matt, I think you guys were in high school, probably maybe what, 10th grade, something like that. No, uh, I think it was like eighth or ninth. You were that young? That. Okay. Yeah. yeah you had, Cause you were still living in Hopewell. So you weren't in high school yet. Um, I, I was in college, just about done with college. Sean, you probably were in college then. And we decided that we wanted to get together and play paintball. And Lance, you and Matt were big into paintball at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think basically what happened was I this might have been my freshman year of high school because during that time we built a big fort and interactive area in the woods on two sides of a little. We thought it was a river, but it was really just a drain pipe <laughs> runoff. But, you know, when you're 14, your imagination works. Uh, you, and, it's the uh, Ohio. So, and so yeah. we wanted to have like a battle down on there. And uh, so you were home for Christmas. And so, you know, we were said, okay, we're going to do two V two. Sean had the ghillie suit. You couldn't, you know, go like hunt buck. You couldn't see him unless he was running. <laughs> Matt had basically what I could only describe as machine gun 47. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he was firing like 200 paintballs a minute. 
I mean, this guy could have done, you know, pivot movements in Afghanistan. I mean, it was incredible <laughs> how yeah. much cover fire he was laying down. And yeah. uh, and me and Alex basically had guns that would like, sh- you know, only shoot like four feet. Mine but was the, a pump, the, mine was a pump shotgun. Like I don't even know if that even have that in paintball anymore. But you had to pump it once; it would shoot. <laughs> and then like I could. And then you have Matt shooting two hundred beats a minute. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so we decided that I had to change would... air tanks halfway through. That's how I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I just I just remember my my paintballs flying so awkwardly that I had a better chance of shooting someone behind me than I did <laughs> yeah. the target yeah. that I'm shooting at in the I, front. Yeah, I could shoot people around corners, but if you were standing right in front of me, you were, you were safe. <laughs> but uh, we, we decided it was uh, going to be Lance and Matt versus me and Sean. And uh, so uh, we get down in there, and um, Sean, for some reason, decides he's going to climb a tree. He thinks that this is a great idea uh, <laughs> to get up in a tree because he has a skilly suit on. He thinks he can get up there and be a sniper. What he doesn't realize is that once they kind of figure out where he is, with Matt being able to shoot as quick as he can, like Sean is pinned down. And I actually uh, decided to go around the big drainage ditch thing. Um, Not exactly and, the Mississippi. And, and the river. them. And just about the time that I am coming up behind Sean, behind Lance and Matt, who have no idea that I'm there, Sean calls it quits because he, he, he can't take the peppering he's getting anymore. <laughs> and uh, so it's at this point, that really the the funniest part of the story begins to occur because Lance, he bought some kind some kind of body armor, baby, best Bob <laughs> body armor to play paintball in, and he hadn't been hit yet. So we decide, let's just test this thing out, right? We'll just do it firing squad style. We want to see if it'll work. Lance has never <laughs> been shot while wearing this, so let's let's just you know you stand up against a tree. And we'll shoot you in this uh, <laughs> in this body armor. So the Lance lines up, and uh, Matt draws the short straw, so he gets to go first. And and I will give Sean some credit because at this point Lance is actually facing forward. Uh, and Sean says, "Well, maybe maybe we should have Lance turn around." So I least, had my mask we hit, on. We I had my goggles. On. I was going to shoot him in the mask. It at wouldn't least... hurt. Yeah, so at least we're going to hit him 50 in, times in, in one second in, in the back. So Matt Matt is laughing so hard, and he doesn't – you can clearly tell he doesn't want to shoot Lance. So he fires off a deliberate miss <laughs> and up steps Sean. And Sean, again, he's using a gun that's probably not, you know, top of the line. He pulls the trigger, and it is like slow motion, okay? I see this paintball. It comes out, <laughs> and it is like heading right for the right for this body armor. And like, it, I mean, it, it turns into like a Greg Maddox sinker. It drops. And I mean, it makes the loudest whack right on Lance's butt cheek. And immediately, Lance gives this this roar of pain and agony because <laughs> he's just been shot <laughs> with the paintball from about, I don't know, eight feet away. Oh. And I'll never forget it. My, my 14-year-old brother grabs a tree and literally rips it out of the ground because of the adrenaline that's shooting through his body and charges Sean. <laughs> Sean, Matt, and I are laughing so hysterically that we can do nothing. And Lance just proceeds to attack Sean as he cries out in pain. 
Now I'm kind of mad. In my defense, I in never my defense. got my shot, so you still owe me a shot, Lynn, because oh, I never I owe you no- right now. <laughs> I owe you nothing. Yeah, we're not using Matt's gun. Look, in my defense, I have a bony Irish ass. There's nothing there, and it hurt. And I thought Sean had shot me there on purpose, and that's why uh, I threw a tree at him. And he knew the trajectory. And, and, yeah. and let and let the that's record not my show. My character here. Come listen, on, guys. Let the record show that after last week's episode where Alex gave us the Halloween scenarios, I said I would whoop Mike Myers' ass. At 14, I ripped a tree out the ground and threw it across a river in my woods. So yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure Mike Myers at 30. So Mike Myers needs out. a paintball gun. Yeah. <laughs> and Lance, Lance is done. <laughs> yep. He drops the knife and pegs Lance in the foot with a paintball gun. And that's It'd be over. Lance. All right. So... <clears throat> So you would think that this would be the end of the story, right? Because, you know, getting shot with a paintball, for those of you who have been shot with one, it doesn't feel good. And Lance, you know, was talked into this stupidity, I confess, probably by myself. And so you'd think he would have learned his lesson. Well, he didn't, because we decide we're going to head up to the house. We've had enough paintball fun for the day. Lance has got a little limp. He wants to ice up his tuchus. And so we head back to the house. At this point, our buddy DJ arrives. We recap the story for DJ. He loves it. He thinks it's great. And he says, hey, Lance, I'll give you $5 if you let me shoot an apple off your head with a paintball gun. Lance, I'm sure at this point, is going to say, no, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But what do I know? Lance says, sure, I'll take five bucks. He was saving so, up for a big screen TV. Yeah, that's right. He was saving up for that big screen TV. I was always TV. saving so my Lance money. was all about the five bucks. So we look. Alas, no apples. So what do we have? We have a fruit cup. You know, the ones that you put in your lunch when you go to school. We've got one of those. And so we we get Lance out in the backyard. He's in the driveway. And uh, we had like an old skateboarding helmet for some reason. So Lance straps the skateboarding helmet on. He puts puts, uh, the face mask on. And he actually puts one on his back, too. He's got a hoodie on. He's got his body armor on. There is like a one-inch sliver of skin just below the uh, helmet in where his hoodie is that is just the bare skin on the back of the neck, right? Surely, surely DJ can't hit this, right? Can't be done. So, can't be done. Can't be done. <laughs> so he lines up. Lance turns around. He's got the fruit cup on his head. We're ready for it. DJ pulls the trigger. Again, it's like slow motion. This paintball comes out of the gun. It's it's trajectory. I mean, it's gonna strike this this fruit cup, knock it right off, and then like a Greg Maddox sinker, baby, Swack, right on the back of the neck, hits the only bare <laughs> patch of skin. The roar goes up like Lance is a wounded animal. If there'd have been a tree there, he'd have ripped it out of the ground. He charges across to take out DJ. We're laughing hysterically. We, it's amazing we didn't wet ourselves. It, it was hysterical. Because Lance not only got shot in the butt, but now he's been shot in the neck with a paintball. <laughs> and it's only through his own stupidity that it happened. And it was one of the best stories of all time, for sure. He ma- hey, he made five bucks. He, ma- he did make five bucks <laughs> off of the deal. Yeah, I still and got I think, that five I think DJ would gladly pay him five bucks again to shoot him uh, in, the, in with a paintball one more time. I would pay five. I still owe my. You still owe me a shot because I, I still haven't gotten to test out this body. I owe you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so just you know, watch your six. You never know when I'm gonna sneak up and shoot. I mean, Lance, if our fans really push for this shot, you yeah. gonna say no? 
If, yeah, let him use true. my gun. It's super accurate. If our current, if our, <laughs> if, if, if our current fan base, all fifty of you, push for it, then maybe. But if it helps us go viral and we can get our fan base from fifty to five thousand, yeah, I'd consider it. Five thousand. Okay. Listen, so, Matt. There you go. the The challenge the challenge has been put out there. Uh, it, Lance said, if if we can get our current fan bo- fan base. Uh, to five thousand, fifty to five thousand. He's willing to take a uh, a paintball to the nuts from fifty to no, fifty. No, I did not say that. <laughs> I think that's what I heard. Um, Shoot him in the junk. <laughs> yeah. So, but since Sean lives in that neighborhood again, we can go to the back to the scene of the crime. We could. I go could right probably back find that tree. Now, I I don't want everyone to sympathize with poor old Alex that didn't get his shot, because I'll tell you a a quick two-minute story of him and I playing paintball (laughs) in the same woods. I was wondering if you were up. Alex's gun jams. So the the nice (laughs) brother that I always was stops the game and comes up. I fix his gun for him, and I say, all right, give me two to five minutes. Let me get back into position. I don't walk seven <laughs> feet away from this jabroni, and he peppers me in the back like eight times. So Lance, you owe Alex a shot. He doesn't. He doesn't get a shot. Take one for me. Yeah, uh, I seem to recall that was only one shot to your back. No, it was multiple shots, dude. Alex and then was I think always pulling something. Always. Well, you. It... I also hit you in the back with a golf ball one time. So that was at a also Charlie Brown. You yeah. Charlie Brown. You with the he football. broke my foot. He no, he did not you're still limp. You're still limping because of oh, I am. Poor Sean. I ain't hurt. That's just my walk, ma. <laughs> poor Sean. Oh. It's a good thing I didn't live with you guys. John would have killed. My dad would have killed you guys if some of this stuff went down. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, he's if he, he would have been the dad of the three Barney brothers, he he would have been. It would have been trouble for him. Yeah, he would really just the first. I'm gonna tell you that right now. He wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. He came. Someone would us. be dead or in jail. He still tells this story literally every time I see him, which is you know once a year usually. And when he came to Baton Rouge to visit us, and we moved away from Baton Rouge when when I was three, so I was three or under. And your your dad has always been a car guy. He's always had some sort of sports car, some sort of fancy car. And back then, it was an IROC Z. And he, I'm sure, was very proud of this car. And uh, I proceeded to throw rocks at it uh, when he came to visit. So, you know, it was an IROC. So I, I rocked that bad boy. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing that, uh, that he survived that trip, to be honest with you. Well, I um, mean, you only threw the rocks because he told you not to throw it. And then... Yeah, I mean, dad of a three-year-old, me. you, know, you don't ever tell him to do something that you don't want him to do. Yeah, he pretty much dared me. So, honestly, if well, he's listening, it's his fault. I That's have what, a young Alex. I have a young Alex who threw rocks at my car the other day, and I thought of you. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you oh, got he listens. That's why I mentioned him. He's going to certainly say something to me about this tomorrow. <laughs> well... <laughs> Feel, tell him to feel free to uh, reach out to us on social media and uh, voice his displeasure if he if he wants to do that. So, all right, you guys have anything else before we wrap it up? Watch your Sean Connery movie, boys and girls. Yeah, watch your Sean Connery. 
That's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Yins and Y'all podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcasting platform you prefer. We'd appreciate it if you'd rate us and leave a comment. It helps others find the podcast and helps us to improve. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on all of those. And remember, whether you use Yins, Y'all, or something else, there's always a place for you in our listening fan base. Peace.